But tonight, I've got a message in the next um, 20 or so minutes because I want to sing some more and we want to worship God. But tonight, really, I believe I've got a word for you. And this word really, hopefully, is going to change the way you see God, the way you see church, and the way you position yourself. Because I think so much about church, and I think, I mean, sorry, I think so much about life is how you position yourself, where you place yourself, where you put yourself, where, where you reside. You know, some people think life is about just, I wander through life wearing pink jumpers, and I just kind of wander around the place, and I wander around. No, 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 no. That's not how life is. In life, you get what you go for. In life, you get where you position yourself. You know, the fact is, when we are, when we're old, we're old, 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 and we're on our deck chairs, and we're looking back in life, you know, the fact is, how life goes and, and, and what it brings and all that kind of stuff and our relationship with God. And I, I believe that comes back to so much of even when we've positioned ourselves under the Word of God, we've positioned ourselves around others that love God, we've positioned ourselves to receive God's blessing. And I think so much of it comes to how intentional we are with that. And I know for me, I came to church 14 years ago, okay? And I made a decision to follow Jesus. And I can't tell you how different my life has been for 14 years, positioning myself in the house of God week in, week out, believing that this could be the greatest service, this could be the greatest Sunday every single week that God could do something in my life. And I want to encourage us with that tonight. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for these people, Lord Jesus. Lord, I see a room of world changes. I see a, Lord, I see a room of people, Father, that potentially, Lord Jesus, as they position their hearts and position their souls and position their bodies in your house, Father, in your community, Lord Jesus. I know, Father, that everything that you've got for them is greater, far greater than they could ever imagine, far greater than they could ever hope, far greater than they could ever believe. And we know, Lord, like your Bible shows, that you're looking for people that are just open. You're looking for people that have a heart after you. And I pray tonight, Lord, that they would get a revelation of your church, a revelation of your love, a revelation, Lord, that they can't do this Christian life as a lone ranger trying to do it all by themselves. But they would know, Lord, that you call us together as a community in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let me give God some praise in this place. Beautiful. Well, I want to ask you a question, okay? Think about this for a minute right now. If you just close your eyes, it's nothing spiritual, okay? So, so chill out. If you could go to your favorite place on earth right now, where would it be? Holiday destination? Sporting event, <laughs> meal, I don't know, where is it? What is that, Kate? And now you can open your eyes. Hopefully you've all got that. Why don't you just tell the person next to you, your favorite place on earth, the, this favorite place. If you could go to one place, where would it be? Have a chat. Okay, okay. 
Okay, that's enough. That's enough now. So I wanted to show you some of my favorite places. Are we ready, Mr. AV person, whoever they are? Right. Okay, the beautiful. So my first favorite place on earth is, oh, we've got a signal processing. Oh, there we go. Look at this place, people. I don't even know where that is. I just saw it on Instagram. And, uh, but it looks amazing, the whole thing. The next one, the next one. Oh, my gosh. Santorini, who's been there? Who's been? Anyone? Well, you're Italian, so it's kind of close. No, but it's amazing. And it's so beautiful. And it's so expensive. And um, we didn't even stay up this end. There's the posh end, and then there's the other end. And um, we stayed on the flat volcanic bit that was really crap. But anyway, fantastic. So if we go to the next part, oh, look at that. Isn't that, that's Dave and Faye's house, and they just look out. No, it's true. And they just look out over the closest river. It's, uh, that's Wales. It's lovely. Ne next one. Oh, come on. Whoo. Great honeymoon spot there, Will. Hey. Oh, look at that as well. Look at that. Look at that long boat and stuff. Beautiful. Next one. Okay, stop there. Who loves football? For some people, that's like the greatest place to go in the world. You know, I was, I was thinking about this the other day when I showed this picture. I w who, who, does anyone support Chelsea? <laughs> that would be, yeah, okay, a couple couple of random people. Okay, well, I went to a Chelsea match because it was my friend's 40th birthday, and they were playing Crystal Palace, which my friend plays for Crystal Palace. The problem was that Crystal Palace beat Chelsea 3-0. So Chelsea supporters wanted to just like cry, like they were all crying, all these people over here, and they were like tearing up. But so this is when it got bad. Because I'm standing by the fence, and my friend for Crystal Palace is like leaving, and I'm like, hey, hey, Joe, hey. And he comes over, and he hugs me. And I'm in the Chelsea area. And he's, and he's hugging me. Like, Angela, come and hug me in your pink jumper, like this. He, he's like hugging me like this, and I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I am going to be murdered right now. And, I, and I'm like, ha, and I turn around, and this guy's just like standing there staring at me, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, please don't. And he goes, and I'm going to punch you too. And I'm like, don't punch me. I don't want punches. But this, it got worse because his wife looked at me. <laughs> missing four teeth. Bless her. And she kind of said, I'm going to punch you too. And she just spat all over me. And I was more, I was more scared of her. She freaked me out. These Chelsea supporters, you got to watch them. And then the security guards came in and like escorted us out of the stadium and said, you're an idiot. And I was like, I know, I'm really sorry about that one. So, but, so football, love it. Apart from missing teeth, Chelsea supporter ladies. So that's fine. Disneyland, way better in the photos. Okay. <laughs> anyway, next one. Um, Wales. Well, sheep, not whales, but you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're in Wales, makes me feel. Ah, uh, the Welsh rugby team. 
all the lines, you know, you can kind of put them because it's quite. Oh, and stop there. Maybe someone's favorite place is out for dinner with their wife. Who would say that? Husbands, get your hands up right now if you, if you know what's. Do you know what I've realized? This, hey guys, guys, and I'm only speaking to men right now, and you're about to get married, so you need to listen to this. Is, guys, after, after looking at this photo, I've realized where I got it all wrong. I've never been at dinner and fed my wife. <laughs> I've never done it. I've never, I've never been across the table and I've been like, here, darling, eat some food. You know what I mean? I've never fed her. I've never actually fed her during a meal. And I'm just wondering if that's the key to this whole marriage thing. Like, I've been married 16 years. Things are good, but I haven't fed her. And I'm just wondering if that's a thing. So, feed her, bro. Just like, just... Freaking, would that, would that be nice, Shemai, if your man did that? Just like, fed you. It'd be kind of, it's kind of weird. So try it. Try it later tonight. Cook some dinner and like feed her. It could be the difference. Walking with the dog. Anyone? No, I don't like animals either. Um, next one. Skiing. In the Welsh Highlands. Um, I think that's Scotland. No, anyway. Ne next. I think that's it. Beautiful. So... What's amazing is, looking at all those pictures, you can start thinking about your favorite place on earth, the one place that you'd love to be, the one place that if you could transport yourself, you would go there. The thing is, when you read the Word of God and you read the Scripture here, this is David speaking, the psalmist. This is what David says. David says, the one thing I ask of the Lord, okay? The one thing I ask of the Lord the one thing I seek the most, here we go, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. People, are we getting this? We, I don't know about you, my mind went to holidays. David's mind went to the house of God. David was saying, if this, God, this one thing that I could do, think about Think about the Bible. Think about these people. Solomon, what's the one thing that he asked for? Wisdom. One thing, the one thing. And David says, the house of the Lord. Psalm 84 verse 10 says, one day in your house, this beautiful house of worship, Psalm 84 verse 10, beats a thousand spent on Greek island beaches. Isn't that crazy? I would rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> well, I changed that last bit, but it says the palace. Think about that. David's saying, I would rather spend one day in church than 1,000 days, three years on Greek island beaches. I mean, who, would, who wants to put that to the test? You know, I... 
a little case study for someone. I don't know. But you think about that. See, that thought challenges me. And I think the Bible should challenge us because if David, it says, had a heart after God, and David's saying, I'd rather spend one day in your house than a thousand in an amazing place, a beautiful place, a luxurious place, a place where all my needs are met, then I start thinking when it comes to the Word of God is maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something that I haven't got a revelation about that I should have. Maybe if the church and having a heart for the church of, of God is having a heart for God, then maybe we should learn something about that. And I think the key to our life moving forward is actually having this view and cherishing the house of God like David talked about, about positioning the house of God because if David says the one place on earth that I value the most, I cherish the most, I want and I desire the most is to be in the house of God, I wonder if you want that too. And you know what? For me, when I read that, I'm like, man, I need a revelation. I need to actually, you know, God, I want, I want to be like David. I want to value the house of God like that. I want it to be the one thing that if I could ask... I want to be in the house of God. So my question is, what is it about the house of God that David saw? What is it about this place of worship that David found so appealing, that David found like such a treasure? Bobby Houston wrote this about the house of God. She says, imagine a place so irresistible that people can't wait to get there. Imagine a place so functional that no one ever wants to leave. Imagine a place where the atmosphere takes your breath away. Imagine a place where the same atmosphere causes humanity to flourish. Imagine a place designed for no other reason than to connect you with a world beyond your wildest dreams. Such a place exists and has existed within the heart of God since before all time. And you know what that place is? That's the church. That's this place of worship. And when I first read that from Bobby's book, I was like, what planet are you on, sweetheart? Like, what are you talking about? Because the church I went to, it was 29 minutes on a Sunday morning, and I think pulling out all my toenails and all my fingernails would have been way better than that 29 minutes. Because it was like hell on earth, not heaven on earth. It was tough, and I didn't want to bring one person to that. So when I first came to church, I come to Hillsong Church like 14 years ago, I'm like, my friend was inviting me, I'm like, no, I've just grown my toenails back, you know. I don't want, I don't want really, this is going to be so painful. And, so, and I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh. I was welcomed and I, I met people and the environment radically changed my life. And you know what I want to do tonight is I want to challenge your perspective on the church. Because you might come and you might say, Chris, church hurt me. And I want to say, no, it didn't. Someone hurt you. People hurt you. But it's not the church. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is what Jesus is coming back for. The church is God's rescue plan for humanity. 
And you might say, oh, Chris, but church is boring. You know what? There's nothing boring about Jesus in his church. I want to say you're boring. <laughs> it's not about the church. It's about you. It's about, you. it's about your lean-in. It's about your expectation. It's about what God can do in your life. And I think I've shared this story before because this really sums up people, really. Is I was, um, is, um, uh, you know, a while ago, I was a new pastor and um, I met this guy. I tell my team this story every single week, so uh, can you laugh at appropriate times? Is, um, is I, I met a guy and this guy said, Chris, I'd love to meet up with you and I'd love to tell you everything that's wrong with your church. I t- you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, is there free lunch? He's like, yeah, okay, awesome, cool, cool, we're in. So I go to lunch with this guy and, and we're ordering, you know, we've ordered the sparkling water and all that kind of stuff and we're sitting down and I see his jacket like flick open and he's got this like list and on the top of the list says a list of everything that's wrong with Hillsong Church. And I was like, hey, bro, <laughs> is that a list of everything that's wrong with church? And he's like, yeah, me and my wife stayed up really late writing it. Like, like he's like super proud. And I'm just like, I want to freaking punch you, man. Like, I want to like kick you and bring punch you like this. And I said, do not pull that list out of your pocket. And he's like, why? And I said, because my list is longer than your list. And I started telling him everything that's wrong with our church. I said, you know what? We're not friendly enough. And I'm like, and then in some situations we're friendly, but we don't welcome people into our lives and we don't make, make room for people. And then in some settings, we don't, we don't care enough for the community and we're not helping people enough. And this and that, and I went on 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 and I was going on and on and it's boring sometimes and sometimes they don't sing my favorite songs and sometimes Dan doesn't do his hair to the left, he does it to the right and it really annoys me and I'm just going through all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. And, and after about 20 minutes, he goes, Chris, it's really not that bad. You know, it's actually okay, mate. And he puts his arm around me. I'm like, get your dirty hands off me. You know what I mean? Like, don't touch me, buddy. I said, because you know why? The difference between me and you is, is we both see the same stuff. It, the difference is I'm prepared to do something about it. But you just want to write lists and complain about the bride of Christ. And I want to tell you people, we are not called to throw stones at the house of God. We're not called to complain against the bride of Christ because anyone can, it takes no faith to wake up in the morning and just look out and go, ah, I don't like it. You know, and I call them mosquito people because they, they, they're just like, ah, oh, that's so annoying. Ah, oh, that's not how I like it. Ah, oh, can't believe he's wearing a camouflage jacket. We can't see him. You know what I mean? Like all of, all of that kind of stuff, you know, like people can just throw stuff like that. But I want to tell you, I came to Wales tonight with my pink jumper driving person to tell you how the devil works. Who wants to know? Awesome. Because I'm going to tell you anyway. But, no, but, because, and the thing is, the reason, I don't know if 
I don't know if Dave does 14-part series on how the devil works, but we don't, we don't talk about it loads and loads and loads. Or, but I do want to say there is a devil, the devil is real, and the devil wants to destroy your life. He wants to end your marriage. He wants you to think that there's no hope for tomorrow. Your best days are behind you. And he wants to highlight every single day what you can't do. And if you've got dreams to be something awesome, the devil wants to get you off track, tell you that you can't do it, and make you just give up. That's what he wants to do. And the reason we don't talk about those is is because people start looking for the devil more than God. And they start looking for him everywhere. They're like, I think he's under the pulpit. They start like, no, he's not there. And then they just like, actually, I think he's by the keyboardist. You know, he's like, start looking under no, it's not under there. And they spend half their time, they're like, I saw some slime backstage. Maybe he was, the devil was there. You know what's so interesting about the devil, actually, is that he's not omnipresent. He can actually only be one place at one time. So I think we're cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're pretty unlucky if we uh, have him around us at the time. But this is how the devil works, okay? So here we go. Matthew 16. Jesus is talking to Peter and he's saying, hey, Peter, you know, well, he's saying to the disciples, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again, but it's all good. I'm the Savior. I'm going to do it and all that kind of stuff. Peter looks at Jesus and Peter goes, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And then Peter, Matthew 16, verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and he says, get away from me, Satan. I don't know if your friends say that to you, but that would be like, you know, because think about this, Jesus, that's what I'm saying, there's nothing boring about Jesus. Seven verses earlier, Jesus is saying, Peter, you're the rock on your revelation that I'm the savior of the world. I'm going to build the church. I'm going to build the church on that revelation that I'm the savior of the world. So one minute he's like, we're besties. (laughs) Seven verses later, get behind me, Satan. And this is what he said. And hear this, people of Wales. He says, you're a dangerous trap to me. This is why. This is how the devil works. He goes, you're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So you know what the devil wants you to do in your marriage and in your life? The devil wants you to see things as they are. The devil wants you to wake up He wants you to log on to internet banking and he wants to go, ha ha. (laughs) He wants you to look around at your life, at your situations, at all your failings and go, look, see, you can't do it. See, you did fail. Look, look at where you're living. Don't think you can live somewhere else. Look at what you're driving. You can't drive. Look at this. Look at this. Look at your relationships. Look, 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 look. Ha ha, ha ha. Ha ha, that's what the devil wants to do. And we can't allow that. We're going to be people. So, so how, does the, how does God want us to work? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about faith. And it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So the devil wants you to concentrate on things you can see. God wants you to concentrate on what you can't see. Now you're starting to get the challenge of the Christian faith. 
Now you're starting to get the challenge of what we're called to do because the world just looks at stuff and they come and they look. See, don't look at where your church is at. Where can your church be? Don't, don't, don't look at where your marriage is at right now. What can your marriage be? Don't look at where your friends are at. Don't look at where your bank is What What can it be? Your best days are ahead of you. And I want to tell you, if any person in the Bible did anything, it was through faith. And the way they did it is they looked into the future of what God could do. And I've come here tonight to put hope into where there's no hope. Because if you're just looking at where things are at and you're depressed, that's, you, that's why. Don't look at things where they are. What can they be? This Christian life is about what's to come. It's about faith. It's about hope. It's not about looking around and seeing things where they're at. Because if we did that in our church, oh my gosh, there's more, you know, people are this and that and look what we can't do and you can never build a building in London and you could never, and if we did that, we'd just drop our heads and just give up. But, But what's possible? What can God do? And in Hebrews chapter 11, my, my, my personal keyboardist can come up right now. Molly, thanks. This is what it says. It says, by faith, they overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. You know what? It doesn't say, by looking at where things were at, they overthrew kingdoms. Because you wouldn't, because you'd be terrified. You'd be scared. No, no, no. It was by faith. It was by seeing what wasn't there. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and they put whole armies to flight. You know what? It was through faith. It wasn't through writing lists, (laughs) complaining, looking around. You know, like some people think, I don't know about you, but some people in my church come to me and they point out a problem, and it's like I'm, I'm going to give them a medal of like, you've discovered something's not awesome, you know what I mean? And, and they get this medal, and we celebrate. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, do you think we haven't done anything about it because we haven't? No, no we notice it. We just need more people to do something. We just need someone. And you know what I want to challenge you is, maybe if you're seeing the thing, maybe God's calling you to fix the thing. I don't think, you know, you know, it says that the, you know, in the Bible, it talks about the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but, but, but the workers are few. I don't think there's few. I think, I think there's tons of workers. I just think there's a lack of people that want to take responsibility to actually do something because it, it's tiring, you know, and it's like cost us something and it's painful. But, but all I know is, our days on this planet are numbered, people. There is, a, there is an allocated, from now until we pass away, there's a number of breaths that we're going to expend, a heartbeats that we're going to beat. And the question is, what are we going to do from now to then? Let's not be people that just point out what's wrong. Let's be visionaries. Let's see what, what God can do. How good can your marriage be? You know, for some people, I'm like, you know, how's your marriage? Yeah, well, you know, on Wednesdays, we, um, we like, 
sit and have like dinner. Or like on Wednesdays, like we say hi. And they're like, so you were okay. You know what I mean? Like God's good. And I'm like, no, no, no. What can it be? What can God do? So I want to encourage us when it comes to the house of God. Let's not be people that see things, what it can be. But what can the house of God be in your life? And it's about faith. And it's, you know, when it comes to this faith, the worship team can come up. What can your life be? What can the house of God be? Believe it. See it. Mark 9, I've been preaching this. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible. I'll finish with this. Maybe I can come and finish the other points some other day. But, but, but check this out. There's a man and he's got problems and he's got issues. So this man represents me and you. He truly does. Tell the person next to you, this person represents us. Awesome. So this person, this person represents me or you. He's got an issue. He's got a problem. And he walks up to Jesus. I love it. He walks up to Jesus, the Savior of the world. And he says, have mercy on us and help us. Here we go. If you can. (laughs) That's what he said to Jesus. Help me if you can. I would have loved to be there. The disciples would have been like just nudging each other going, what's what's Jesus going to say? This guy's just said, help me if you can. It's like he's pumping him to like do it. You know what I mean? He's like, help me if you can. Jesus turns and he says, what do you mean if I can? He's like, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asks. This is what he says. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Anything is possible if a person believes. What do you need to start believing for in your marriage? What do you need to start believing for in your life? What do you need to start believing for in your career, in your future, in business opportunities? What have you stopped believing for? Because I want to tell you, you know what Jesus did to this man? This man comes and he puts an if on the power of God, doesn't he? He says, if you can do it, do it. Jesus says, ah, 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 ah. I'm not letting you away with that. He goes, don't put an if on the power of God. And then Jesus puts an if back on the faith of man. He puts the if on the faith. He goes, don't if me. (laughs) No, 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 no. I want to put the if back on you. And I think, I was listening to something Paul Scanlon said, and he says life and the fullness and everything that comes through life, it's according, hear this, it's according to your faith, this life. It's not according to God's ability. Your business, it's not according to God's ability. Because I think people get off the hook with response. Oh no, it's just the will of God that my business is okay or not doing that. No, 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 no. no. It's not according to the ability of God. It's according to the faith of man. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder here tonight, Wales, if we just start believing bigger and believing for God, what God could do. 
That's why I love some of these young people. I love, I love hearing their stories. I love hearing their dreams of what they want to do. Because I will never, I, I want to be someone who champions people's dreams. I want to be someone who champions, you know, I've been alive 40 years on this planet. And I've realized that not every dream that I had when I was younger has come to pass. But you know what? I don't want to pull God down to my experience. I want to keep lifting my faith to where God is. And I think that's what we're called to do. We're called to be wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, a little naive, a little over-idealistic about what God could do. Because I just think sometimes the challenges of life grind us down and they grind our faith down. But I tell you what, the only way these people in Hebrews became legends of faith that it was through faith that they overthrew kingdoms. It was through faith that they stayed married. It was through faith that their business moved forward. It was by faith that they lived this life. And that's what we're called to live. It's a life of faith. It's not a cynical life. It's not pointing the finger life. It's not, it's not a life. It's about, you know what? Luke 6, 38 says the measure that you use will be the measure that comes back to you. And I wonder if some of us have stopped using a big measure when it comes to generosity or belief or hope. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? And I'd love you, if you want to reach out to God right now in this moment, I mean, Dan in a moment is going to come and ask people a few questions in this place but about your standing with God. But right now, I want to talk to people here that have a faith and that maybe your faith, you've just, maybe you've been believing only at 20% or 25% or 50% or 70% or 90% and you've pulled back a little bit because of life. Mark chapter 9 says anything is possible. If a person believes, it's according to your faith. It's not according to God's ability. The creator of the world, the Father who loves you. And if you want to reach out to God right now in this place, come on, why don't we lift our hands all over this place and do some business with God. Father, we thank you, Jesus. For who you are, we thank you, Jesus, that you died on that cross. We thank you, Jesus, that the very fact that your blood was shed and that you died and that you rose again means that we can have faith. It means that people can change. It means that we can be forgiven. It means that circumstances can turn around. It means that it is possible because of you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord Jesus, right now for people, Lord, that maybe have stopped believing, people that have let life or relationships or circumstance or negative voice just grind them to a halt or get them into third gear or second gear or first gear or whatever it is, Father. I pray right now, Lord, in this place that you would fill people with courage, that you would fill people with hope, that you would fill people with a faith, Father, that says, you know what? Anything is possible. Anything is possible in my life. I don't care how it's been, but in this moment for Jesus, I look to you. I believe, Jesus, that you are the answer to my life moving forward. 
You are the answer to this church moving forward. You are the answer to my marriage, to my relationship. And we know, God, that you are capable. If we put our faith in you and we take our faith off something else and we give it to you in your mighty name, amen.